0: Gamecock Nation. Welcome to the Cocky on Saturday Podcast. I'm your host, James Beal, class of 2018, former student manager, and there's nothing I love more than talking some Gamecock football. Let's go. Welcome back y'all to another episode of the Cocky on Saturday Podcast. Today is part two. Of our season breakdown, we're going over games number four, five, and six, outlining Mississippi State, Tennessee, and Florida. This is probably the most important set of three games of our entire schedule. Obviously, we think we're coming out two and one after those first three games. And then heading into these next three, we do have two home games. This is where you absolutely need to capitalize. We are on the road against Tennessee. We will get into that, but you do need to take care of business at home. And if these three games go south, you're in for a tough, tough season. So you need to take everything you learned from those first three games of the season, have that momentum, go into this stretch. And I think here we really need to come out two and one. At bare minimum, you have to be one and two. If you find yourself 0 and three in this stretch, then again, a very tough season. You're fighting for bowl eligibility at that point, so we need to make sure that we get our business done in this set of games. Let's kick it off for probably our first important home game. That's going to be against Mississippi State. If you guys listened to yesterday's episode, we're actually going to be retiring Alshon Jeffries' jersey before that game, so it's going to be an awesome experience to be in the stadium for right before we head into a very pivotal game. This is almost as close as a 50-50 game you will ever see. I think if we are on the road at Mississippi State, I actually don't like our odds in this one, but we are at home. We're playing against Mississippi State team who's coming off a great, great season last year, though. They went 9-4. and four. They're returning 15 starters. And before we jump too deep into this breakdown, I don't want to forget the late, great Mike Leach, somebody who's going to be memorialized forever in college football, had great success wherever he was and started to see the fruits of his labor at Mississippi State. I cannot imagine what that team is going through and, you know, give them a lot of respect for being able to go out, play the games, you know, sort of in his memory. Rest in peace to Mike Leach and one of the greatest individuals in college football of all time. And now taking over for the Mississippi State Bulldogs, you have defensive coordinator Zach Arnett, 37 years old, stepping into that role. One of the most highly coveted defensive minds out there in college football, so certainly left in great hands. And if you guys listen to my SEC Media Days recap, I was very impressed with him when he took the stand. He was just very well-spoken and obviously has a great direction for this team and has a lot of confidence in this unit moving forward. And like I said before, they are returning 15 starters. Let's start there on the defensive side of the ball, our net specialty. Last year, they only allowed 23 points a game, which was one of the top in the nation. They're returning a great core as well. They generate a lot of turnovers. The key in this game is going to be protecting the football. They have three phenomenal players on the defensive line, all of which were very productive last season. The pass rush really comes from the linebacker core. So the defensive line is sort of that run-stopping unit. It's going to be very tough to run against them and then expect the pass rush on some blitz combinations. But the good news there is if they're only rushing four, that's not their strong suit. Again, to the quarterback is not going to be where they excel until they actually bring a linebacker down. And then the secondary is probably the weakest point of this defense. Again, Arnett is a great defense of mine. Expect them to be able to replace the pieces they lost. But they did lose Emmanuel Forbes to the NFL, one of the top draft picks in this previous NFL draft. And they're relying on a handful of transfers to sort of take over the production in that unit. So if I'm looking at it as a Gamecock fan, that's where I see opportunity. I think Rattler just needs to have one of his days. The offensive line, I think, is going to struggle against this defensive line. We're going to struggle getting the run going. But if you can pass and be able to chip away at that defense and make those linebackers kind of sit back in coverage, that ultimately will open up the run game. But that all starts from the passing game for us. Moving on to the offense, they did bring in a new offensive coordinator, Coach Barbe from App State. Only spent one year there, had a great running attack at App State. But if you know Mississippi State's offense, everything sort of builds through. Their star quarterback, Will Rogers, He's has three seasons under his belt, a guy who's had great success in the past. And under Leach was maybe a little bit more of a take the top off type of passer. They had some great receivers that were able to get behind the defense and capitalize on some big plays it it, towards the end of last season we started to see them be a more intermediate underneath passing style offense so we'll see which form sort of takes hold under coach barbe as he enters there but will rogers can really do it all this is a guy no matter what you ask of him he's going to excel and that's really the scariest part of this offensive unit for mississippi state they also return their entire O-line, so it's going to be very tough to get after Will Rogers. but I think our secondary is very well-equipped. We have a lot of returning guys that I have a lot of faith in, and they did lose some of their key receivers to the transfer portal. So we just need to make it very difficult on Rodgers to be able to read through his progression and ultimately minimize the run we need to at least be able to stop the run against mississippi state we know the secondary can take care of business so a game we probably are playing more guys in the box less guys in coverage and let our secondary sort of play one-on-one on the back end i feel like in this game we really have to be opportunistic with some turnovers be able to play very solid defense don't let up any big plays and be able to take advantage when we can in this one if you notice, didn't have much bad to say about Mississippi State. I think the biggest hole is going to be their secondary on defense. So this might be a back-and-forth game. I actually am expecting this one to be a little bit more of a defensive struggle. I do have us winning, though. So I'm I'm marking this one as a win. We're going to be at williams Bryce. This is going to be our first SEC home game of the season. You know Willie B's going to be packed. It's going to be loud. I have South Carolina winning 24-17. to 17. Next on the schedule, we go to Knoxville, and we play the University of Tennessee. And oh my, have Tennessee fans been salty for the past year. That was one of the most embarrassing beatdowns that those fans have ever experienced. They were right there in the mix for the college football playoff. They came to Columbia, and Spencer Rattler just diced them up all day, leading the Gamecocks obviously to a 63-38. to 38 win. That led us into a great stretch at the end of the season where our offense really started to click. But if you think Tennessee has not been marking this game on the calendar ever since last season, it, you're entirely wrong. This is the game that they have circled. They do not want to hear from Gamecock fans for another year. It is going to be a very tough one going to Knoxville. I've been there. That stadium is rocking. Say What You Want, Rocky Top Slaps, <laughs> one of the best songs in college football, in my opinion, and you know a very tough place to play at. So taking a look at this team, I, they put up a great performance in the Orange Bowl, came away with a win over Clemson. They do lose Hendon Hooker and Jalen Hyatt, though. Those obviously were their two top pieces on the offensive side. But now you enter Joe Milton at quarterback a former transfer from Michigan, somebody who lost the job at Michigan and then lost it to Hooker at Tennessee. Don't let that negate what he's capable of, though. He looked great in that Clemson game. This offense is a little bit more plug-and-play. They averaged 46 points a game last year, which was best in FBS. I think Milton is good enough to get the job done. Are they averaging 46 again? I I don't know. I think they take maybe a little bit of a step back, but Hupel's offense is great there in Knoxville. So I think they're going to be able to excel again. Now, they did lose some pieces in the trenches. They lost two multi-year starters on the offensive line. So that's really where we can cause some trouble. If you saw our game last year, we were getting some pressure. If we can get some pressure on Milton, make him sort of second-guess his progression throughout the field, then that's only going to make it easier on our secondary, and that is where we will find success on the defensive side of the football. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball, they were not last, but they ranked 127th in the country on defense last year. Obviously, we saw what Spencer Rattler was able to do to the squad, and there's no reason to think he wouldn't be able to necessarily do that again. They do return one of the best linebacking cores in the country, led by Beasley, who had 76 tackles and 13 tackles for loss last season. So great at the linebacker position, but that back end is pretty weak, as far as SEC goes at least. They have good pass rushers. That unit's led by Roman Harrison. But again, the secondary is where they can really be exposed. Expect Juice Wells to be able to have a huge game. And I expect this one to be a little bit of an offensive shootout again. You know, I think we are going to be able to recreate the offense we saw last year. The biggest key for us is just limiting them again on defense. I say limit. We still let up 38 points last year, but against Tennessee, that's a win. With all that said, we are going to Knoxville. This is not going to be an easy game to play. Unfortunately, I do not think we get the win this year. Like I said earlier, they've had this game circled. This is where their emphasis is, and Tennessee does have a very good football team. I think we end up losing 45-37. to Again, a little bit more of a shootout, a back-and-forth game, but I do think they have the edge at home, and so I have this one marked as a loss on our calendar. For the last game of the three that we're outlining today, on October 14th, the Gamecocks will host the Florida Gators in Columbia for the second home game of this stretch. This is where I say this part of the schedule is very pivotal. You have to win against Mississippi State. You heard what I said about them. Very, very tough team. But we are home. We need to get a win there. We go to Tennessee. An almost impossible task. Although I, I have faith in us. As a fan, I think we can win that one. If I'm marking up the schedule, I think that one probably ends up in a loss. So if we're 1-1, and we're going to this game against Florida, we're at home, we have to come away with a win. Because right after that, we go on the road, we play at Missouri, we play at Texas A&M. If you come out of this stretch only 1-2, and that's going to be a very tough lead-in to that road trip. Last year's game against Florida was not pretty. We did not score an offensive touchdown. Obviously, we did score some points with the special teams, but that was before we sort of hit our stride. So if we're really expecting Rattler to be able to pick up where he left off last season, you know, have a handful of games under his belt to start the year, a handful of wins, I think we are able to change last year's outcome against Florida and find a lot of success on the offensive side of the football. This is a hot seat year for Coach Billy Napier. Believe it or not, he's only entering his second season with Florida, but coming off a 6-7 and record, that's back-to-back losing seasons. They have not seen a back-to-back-to-back losing season stretch since 1953. So a lot riding on this. I know Florida fans are getting antsy. A lot is expected from Coach Napier, so I expect them to be playing with a purpose this year, if they weren't already. But it might be do or die for Coach Napier this season. He needs to come away with a great year, although things are not trending the right direction for this Gators team. They have a huge question mark at the position you never want to see a question mark for. And we've seen that in the past. I mean, we've seen Colin Hill play. (laughs) We've seen a grad coach play quarterback for us. So we've been in this spot before. Luckily, we are not anymore. So Gators are facing a big question mark at the quarterback position. It comes down to really two transfers, new transfer Graham Mertz from Wisconsin, and then Jack Miller, who came over from Ohio State in 2021, I believe. But if you compare that to what they had last year in Anthony Richardson, one of the most versatile quarterbacks in all of college football, one of the quickest at best runners at the quarterback position, and now enter these two individuals, Mertz and Miller, Neither of them have a ground game in their arsenal. Obviously, they can escape the pocket a little bit, but it's not really part of their regular tool set. So that does beg the question, what will new offensive coordinator Rob Sale do to sort of fix that or find a way to replace that production from last season? Their offensive line is pretty weak. He is a highly touted offensive line coach, so expect them to be able to patch that up. But, you know, it is a question mark coming into the year. Outside of those two spots, their skill positions are loaded. So, if they're able to find consistency out of the quarterback and being able to protect him, they have the receivers, they have the running backs in place to be able to produce at a high level. On the defensive side of the football, this is a unit that's led by a first round consensus draft pick in the upcoming NFL draft, a cornerback, Jason Marshall Jr., an individual who's a former number two as position in the country and five star recruit. A guy that most offenses will stay away from. We do have Juice. If I had to guess, Marshall's going to be following Juice all day. I like Juice in that matchup. I think each individual is going to win a couple plays here or there. But Juice is going to get his, and you know I think he's still going to be able to put up some production that day. Outside of Marshall, though, the defense is all heavily dependent On the play of transfers. They have transfers all over the defensive line, linebacking core, and the rest of the secondary. So, a big unknown. It was a unit that honestly didn't play great at the end of last year, so they needed to go out and find some help. They have some true freshmen they're expecting to play in the secondary as well. So, we are playing them later in the season. That unit probably will have some time to gel together. It's a big unknown as of right now, but I do think you're going to be able to put up some points against Florida. I don't know what happened last year (laughs) after playing us. Their defense absolutely fell apart, but against us, we really couldn't move the ball. But I don't think our offense gelled at that point, and I think we unlocked that answer the following week against Tennessee, and that's going to be able to roll into the season. I know Florida fans are going to hate this, but I think this one's going to be a little bit more of a beatdown. And my prediction here is a little bit light. I think we're actually going to be able to score a lot more against this Florida team. But I have us winning 28-14. to 14. I think this one maybe is even 35-42 points that we're scoring. But I'm going to give some credit to Florida. It's still an SEC team with their fans having sights in SEC championship. They have great expectations. I don't think this is the year for them. I think Napier continues to be on the hot seat if this is not his final season. It's going to be a very tough go for this squad. But I have the Gamecocks winning at home. 28-14. to 14. I'll say it again. This is the most pivotal stretch of the schedule. If you do not come out 2-1 and one in these games, then you have to go on the road to Missouri. You have to go on the road to Texas A&M. You're going to be climbing uphill. You need to come out of these games with momentum. You need to use that home field to your advantage. All 84,000 of us are going to be at williams Bryce, and I do feel like Spencer Rattler sort of found that home at the end of last season. He knows how to play with the crowd and use that energy to be able to produce at a high level on the field. Gamecock football is just 11 days away, less than two weeks until we're in Charlotte, kicking this thing off. We can talk all we want, but I cannot wait to see this team on the field and see what they can do this year. We'll be back again later this week, getting into part three of our season breakdown, what do you guys think? How do you think we're going to fare in these three games? Let me know on social media. We're going to be posting our predictions that we just spoke about on there. So feel free to argue with us. Feel free maybe to agree with us. I like that part. But, guys, I'm here for it all. I know everybody has different opinions. These are just opinions at the end of the day, and we'll see how this season shakes out once we get there. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you all later this week. And until then, go Cox.